the Ortho PAC hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Welcome back listeners. Today's episode is one that I decided to record after my meeting in Atlanta at the NCCPA Represent Summit. I met Ashley Reesey there, who is a PA. Ashley's practice is palliative care, and it's not uncommon that she provides care for patients who have orthopedic issues, frequently a hip fracture. So I wanted to bring her on to talk about this. It's something that we don't talk about a lot in clinical practice, but I'd, I'd like to pick her brain a little bit about what she does and how she cares for patients at the end of their life. Ashley, thanks for coming on the Ortho PAC. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. Ashley, what's the difference between palliative care medicine and hospice? Yeah, that's a great question, and it causes a lot of confusion. I think a lot of times people hear palliative and they immediately panic because they think it's hospice. Which is exactly what I did, by the way. So <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> and I, I'm one of you. You're buddy. not alone. That's why I like to say not everyone in palliative care is, is dying. Um, you know, in palliative, it is serious illness care, chronic illness care. And we're really focused on doing what makes sense for the patient. And that that varies for everyone. A patient that's receiving palliative care can also be undergoing life-prolonging care, whether that's chemotherapy or a pacemaker or advanced heart failure treatment. They can still do that with palliative care. When those treatments are no longer adding quality to their life, that's when they transition to hospice care. And that's when we're focusing more on comfort and symptom management. So rather than having surgery for a hip fracture, they're going to focus more on pain control rather than coming back to the hospital for treatment of their heart failure. They're going to focus on comfort with the hospice care with medications like morphine or Dilaudid to help ease their breathing. Let's say you're you're managing somebody that has some other problem and they're on the palliative service, but they also have a comorbidity of knee arthritis or shoulder tendonitis or something like that. How do you coordinate orthopedic services? Is it inpatient or outpatient or how does that work with your practice? With palliative work, we're a consulting service. So everything is managed by the primary team, which is usually the medical team at our hospital. With palliative care, patients are still receiving all of their other medical care, whether that's surgery, injections, they're receiving that either inpatient or as an outpatient. It's really with hospice when they're primarily focusing on comfort and really minimizing the appointments that they go to outside of the home, outside of hospice care. So if a patient was on hospice and wanted to get an injection in their knee for their arthritis, that would really be a conversation that they have with the hospice agency. I gotcha. And I've got to ask you a, a personal question. How do you manage your stuff with this? I mean, for me, this would be a, a almost devastating daily thing. I know you're doing great stuff and helping people with their pain at the end of their life and going with dignity, but how do you manage it for yourself? Mm -hmm. There's got to be some tough times going on there. It is tough sometimes. Thankfully, we have a really supportive team, and I don't think I could do what I do without them. After having difficult conversations, I wash my hands because we're washing them when we leave patient rooms anyways, but that's also my way to kind of wash the heaviness of that conversation off 
so that I can then go into the next patient and the next conversation without taking that with me. So visualizing that helps. And honestly, patients and their families, they're always appreciative of our care. And they they give back to us as much as we give to them. And a lot of times I'm humbled by that. You know, a lot of times they'll say something or do something and it will immediately remind me of my grandma. It's just a really special field to work in. Well, that's great. I'm I'm so glad that you shared that with us. That little routine of washing your hands and you're letting that go right now and moving forward, that, that's a great uh, kind of little exercise to have, I think. You know, have your own little something that you can do when you deliver bad news like that, that you can let it go and, and move on. Um, yeah. I think that's great. Ashley and I, like I said earlier, met at the NCCPA Represent Summit, and it was about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I was curious about that. When I first met Ashley, we, we sat at the same table and we had a few conversations. And I was thinking, tell me about DEI and palliative care. Why is that important? And how does that work for you? One of the things I found out right before the conference was that there are less than 200 physician assistants working in palliative care. And we also know through research has shown that there are disparities at end of life. Not only does palliative care need more PAs, but we also need more diverse PAs because without that, we're not going to be able to fully address health disparities at the end of life. Same thing with orthopedics. We just released some DEI videos that we licensed from the facilitator of that meeting. Mm -hmm. And some things that I never really thought of as microaggressions, I had some comments that come through on the DEI videos. I'm like, uh, you folks need to watch these videos. It's eye-opening and it, and it means a lot. And when you talk about inequities in healthcare, not just in palliative medicine, but orthopedics, studies show that patients don't do as well. So it's really important to understand that. And if nothing else, be aware of it and, and try to make a change. So what do you think about that? Absolutely. Especially, you know, whether someone needs surgical care or if they're at the end of life, Either way, it's such a vulnerable time for them and their families. The health disparities definitely need to be addressed. I agree completely. And that's very well said. So Ashley, what am I missing? I, I tried to get <laughs> palliative care with uh, some orthopedic focus, but I know that's just a very small part of what you do. What are we missing? Anything that we want to share with our listeners about your work, your ideas about palliative care? The other myth I kind of wanted to to clear up you know, a lot of times people think when someone is on hospice that they can't come back to the hospital. And I think it's important to know that, you know, things happen. Even if we're focusing on comfort at home with hospice, someone can still fall and fracture or break their hip. Um, and in that case, we're focusing on comfort. Of course, we would want them to come back to the hospital for evaluation. Some people will be treated with IV pain medicine and some patients who are on hospice will actually undergo surgery for better pain control. Yep. I, and with the orthopedic standpoint, you know, we, we read about that. All right. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry it took us so long to, to figure out the date, but this has been great. I really appreciate your time and sharing with some of our listeners what it is you do and how you treat orthopedic patients with palliative medicine. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. Thank you for joining the OrthoPAC podcast. 
please follow the Physician Assistance and Orthopedic Surgery on social media. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Please subscribe to our podcast. If this has been helpful, please take a moment to leave a review.